Hey there. This episode originally aired on my Patreon many months ago, so some of the information might be a little bit outdated by now. If you'd like to check out episodes as soon as they come out, you can join my $3 tier over there, or you can subscribe to check out full episodes coming here eventually. Either way, the choice is yours. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pat's Creative Podcast, Episode 9. You see, I actually remembered the episode number this time because I'm on top of things. And uh, you know who else is always on top of things? My friend here, Forrest Lee. Forrest Lee, would you care to introduce yourself to the beautiful people out there? Hi. Yeah. Uh, my name is Forrest Lee. I just go by Lee. I uh, We were talking about this before we started recording. I've been like been around YouTube for about seven, eight years now, which is crazy. It's been a, <laughs> a wild ride. Crazy. Um, I've done a ton of stuff with a bunch of channels. I, I used to do work with the Normal Boots and Digino Gaming. Uh, I also also used to make a series for the game theorists. Now I, I edit for them, and I have my own new channel called Full Motion Videos. Very nice. Yeah, yeah and I definitely recommend you guys check out his newest channel. Um, I actually just watched your your Pokemon Go video that you released yeah. or whatnot, and it was I, I understand that one was kind of from before, but uh, it's just nice being reminded of such like a phenomenon. You know, it's like a different time in history. Like, yeah, it, it is kind of a gateway into the before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so it's it's definitely like it marks a point in history and it's nice to like be re- reminded of that you know mm-hmm. um but yeah so i usually after the guest interviews uh introduces themselves i like to kind of explain my history with them um Absolutely. i've yeah. seen you around for several years now because uh just through the different connections you have and um you you said you were also like running a series with game theory i think i actually ran into you uh at sgc 2015 oh my very, gosh very briefly yes it was a long time wow. ago i haven't I, heard sgc in many I moons know, and that was the last year they did it was yeah. uh which is a shame because i i had an absolute blast that year and but um yeah i met a lot of cool people but i i don't think i fully understood who you are which is a sh- <laughs> at the time which is a shame because like looking back then i'm like oh i would have had such a more yeah. things to say you know um, I, I think at SGC that was bef- if, if it was 2015 that was before I started working with Matt because he we we started working together in like August of that year something around that right okay so I, I was still I, I still am a normie but at the time <laughs> I, I was just I was just attending the convention right right and I think that's actually a good segue into one of the first questions I want to ask you is just with being so involved with this like industry or whatnot and having your hands in so many buckets, like how did you get involved in all this? You know, how, yeah. it, what's your like process of networking to, to get into all these cool projects and start producing your own and whatnot? Yeah. So, uh, okay. Back in the day, uh, a lot of these websites no longer exist. Like, um, there was a group called hidden block, uh, which a bunch a bunch of other gaming YouTubers and they had like a forum where people could share their stuff. That was a little before my time, but that one video gamer did the same thing where they had a website where they spotlighted creators. Right. And I submitted, I think my first video to them and they highlighted it. And that's how I met Gerard through that. Like, um, and also around that time, the game theorists started a show about the like history of Smash Brothers, like okay. move sets and stages and stuff, and I had a very similar show, and I had a friend who just tweeted at MatPat 
like, hey, my friend also had a series like this. You should check it out. And Matt just happened to see that tweet and happened no to kidding. click on it and happened to watch my stuff. And he was like, oh, this is good. And he was looking for editors at the time because uh, I think he had Ronnie and Foot of a Ferret as the only editors at the time. Right. And he reached out and that's how I met Matt, just through pure happenstance on Twitter. And, and Matt being and, Matt opened a lot of like gateways and doorways. Right. And, okay. So that was like the the entry to like video production for you, would you say? Like professionally at least? Yeah, yeah. That professionally, absolutely. Um gotcha. Like it honestly, getting into YouTube and all that stuff, it it's pure luck. Like having being good is nice. <laughs> right but being good is nice yeah be, being is good is is nice but there are a ton of editors and you know creatives who are better at video production than i am who just for whatever reason unfortunately didn't have the same luck sure yeah yeah and i mean like there will always you know be people who are just much better at what you do it's just kind of the process yeah. <laughs> of it but like you know it's worth it's worth mentioning that if you had just the luck and not the skill, I'm sure this wouldn't have happened. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like definitely being good at stuff uh, pays off in some sense. What's that famous quote? Like opportunity is luck mixed with uh, whatever. Yeah. It's determination something like or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because, you know, if you just, if, if you just happen to get lucky and someone's like, Hey, edit this video. And then you just do a poor job, you know, obviously yeah, then, it wouldn't. And they're like, thank you for your service. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll pay you for the day and uh, we'll yeah, just yeah. move on. Um, so yeah. And uh, how long exactly did you like edit for, for game theory? Was it, uh, or not edit, but, but produce content. Yeah, Were yeah, you editing uh, and producing content? Yeah. So I, I was doing both. It, the way the setup was like, I was primarily an editor and I did for a while there I was actually primarily a writer as well. Um, like I tra transitioned away from editing for a little bit. Um, it, that was 2015 to 2018 when I started at normal boots. Yeah. So about that three year span, two and a half, three year span. Right. Um, most of it was editing and writing and, Matt being an amazingly generous, very kind human being also gave a lot of the editors like chances to pitch the show. Cause at the time you, you look at the channel now and it's very different because of how YouTube operates. But at the sure. time, like Matt wanted the game theorists. That's why it's called the game theorists and not game theory. Right. Uh, he wanted the game theorists to be a platform for other creators to do stuff. So he would let other people pitch shows, which is why at the time you had a uh, Gaijin Goomba have his cultural series on there. Right. Yeah. Um, the late great Ronnie Edwards had digress digressing and side questing, which was like a, a game design analysis. Of course. I remember that, that super Metroid video very well. Yeah. I always like, think about it every time great. I play the game now. I think about uh, his doom one, about how <laughs> doom is not a 3d game. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh no, yeah. You're right. No, I, I literally can't play those games now without thinking of those videos. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Which, which is insane to think about the impact yeah. videos like that can have. Definitely. Um, and writer, Foot of a Ferret, who also is still very active. You should check him out. Uh, sure. He had a, a brief history, and I had the breakdown. And brief history and breakdown were like polar opposite. Uh, <laughs> Tonality-wise? Yeah, tonality retrospectives. Gotcha. Yeah. Because his was like, yeah, that's interesting. Let's cover a whole series in less than ten minutes. Let's go, let's go, let's go. 
and mine and was like let's take like a small thing and just expand yeah, let, let's it. talk about this one game for like 15 minutes why don't we right right yeah so now you you said you you worked a little bit with editing and writing or whatnot do you <clears throat> do you have like because you you've worked with a lot of different art forms i mean i think you were even uh experimenting with like poetry for a while right yeah yeah uh oh geez that that's a deep cut you did do research Oh, I mean, uh, I, I didn't have to do research. I've been a follower for so long. Yeah. Uh, is that something you're still practicing or is that like... A little bit. It, it's, it was never like a primary thing. That, that often sure. came from... Um, I was in a very turbulent, emotional point in my life. So I decided, oh, I should... Find an uh, elegant way yeah. to articulate it. Yeah. Ar- articulate yeah. a lot of like depression and anxiety <laughs> and, and all that stuff into a, a poetry form. Sure. And... Uh, I, I still do that occasionally. A lot of it is like, uh, it, it, it's more so in, like, I, I want to get into like fiction writing. So a lot of that has kind sure. of been, di- not diluted, but transferred into fiction writing versus poetry. Right. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that like writing poetry seems like an excellent exercise in just writing in general because you're you're challenged so much to con- mm-hmm. to condense things and whatnot. So I imagine just... It's a fun exercise that makes you a better writer in general. And I, the reason I yeah. brought it up was because do you find that you kind of prefer the writing side of things over more the post-production? Like where, where do you think more your preferences more lie? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think post-production is easier. <laughs> interesting. Uh, that's interesting. I don't think everyone would agree. I think some people find post-production very intimidating, but I, please continue. Yeah. Uh, See, I, I find post-production, like, I kind of treat that like a job more than sure. anything um, because I still do edit freelance. That's my main source of income. Um, right. So I treat that like a job. So it's it's almost easier, whereas the writing is, is like, I want it to be impeccable. I want it to be perfect. Right. So do you think you have more, like, perfectionistism when it comes to writing as a- opposed to, like... Absolutely. Which Absolutely. is funny to hear because your editing is like impeccable. Like you, <laughs> Thank you. your motion graphics and everything. I, Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer and uh, you know, kind of video editing by, well, I guess I technically, my job is video editing right now too. So I, I do all these things and then I see your stuff and it's like everything I do, but so much better to such a better extent. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, this is someone who's like mastered that craft. And I think it's interesting that to you, it's like, okay, post-production that's the easy part just to get my words out there basically yeah like uh oh man this is is dirty little secrets coming out a lot of the like motion graphics like title work design that i do Mm -hmm. uh i didn't do (laughs) oh okay yeah that's like uh like the the title packs are like things they're motion graphic it it there there's a panel inside premiere i i edit in premiere which you shouldn't do you should learn after effects but uh no kidding i would have never guessed you <laughs> use not you don't use after effects this is dirty little secrets yeah, right, right now yeah. uh, i try to with every video and every project use after effects for at least one thing and something new so i can like learn the program That's more a great but, like, way to go about it yeah i don't actually know after effects that well sure <laughs> um in, in the in premiere and i'm sure that it's a thing in after effects as well there's a panel called essential graphics which it's just pre-made stuff that you can buy or download online and like put into your, your program. Right. And so, 
I mean, there's still something to be said, though, the fact that you fooled me and you probably fool a lot of <laughs> other people, right? Like, that's kind of what editing is, is it's like, because, you know, I, I don't know if you've you've heard the talks about how, like, nothing is actually original in art. You know, everything Absolutely. is a remix yeah. off of something. You know, the whole goal is to make people forget that it's a remix, to make them think it's something, like, new and presentable or whatnot. And you definitely had me thinking, like... <laughs> This guy must spend a ton of time on these like motion and stuff. So I think there's still a beauty to it, you know. Yeah, I, um, I have, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> oh, it's it's no disappointment to me. I hate After Effects with a passion, so it's no disappointment here. Yeah, you um, you like. I I don't know if they would want me to say who this was, but a friend I had for a while said like, I I was like blown away by their like post production ability, and they like make a living doing motion graphics and graphic design and all that. And they said like, especially for YouTube and their personal work, they were like, I don't, I don't have the time. So I, but I have the money I can invest in like a $30, right. you know, motion graphics pack. I can right. do that. Yeah. And, and no, it's smart. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It, so, it's it's a weird I, I have a question then because like i i'm a huge madness fan by the way i thank you like it's downright my favorite like roundtable discussion series ever like ever I, I love it so much um and like you have like so much like motion stuff in there or whatnot like what's what's the the process like editing something like that where you're dealing with so many different camera perspectives and you have to add like sound effects how do you even <laughs> visualize in your head like the outcome of what how it's going to look like does that yeah. something that just feels so natural to you at this point or do you have kind of like a process or a figuring uh, it out a lot of it was doing it for so long that it felt natural um right with madness like oh well, we we had amazing an amazing crew helping us film that stuff right. uh we filmed some in seattle but the blind share of it was filmed at the that one video gamer office in la sure. and Gerard's crew is just amazing Sure. Um, but when they were setting up, they would always like double check with me. Like, is this the perspective you want? So like, I already had an idea of how the camera shots would look. Sure. Um, and honestly, a lot of that came from like, excuse me. A lot of that just came from going with the flow of a conversation. I just hit the mic. Sorry about that. It's fine. It's totally fine. Going with the, a lot of it's going with the flow of a conversation and cutting on, like that beat just seemed it feels right to cut here. Right. Uh, right. That person has a good reaction to what they're saying here. I should, you know, put that embrace in embrace that. Yeah, of course. And, and would you say that like, um, so for all intents and purposes, you were kind of like the director of that whole project. Like, was that kind of your project in a sense? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. would say so. Um, and would you say that was like one of your more ambitious projects? <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah? definitely okay. was. It, uh, had a very different vision for what it was versus how it turned out. Like, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, are you, do you have some behind the scenes vision? Yeah. yeah like, like, to see another alternate form of madness. Well, we, we had like the, the original idea came from, that was a thing my friends and I did in high school. Like we, okay. we would have like a giant, list of like what are the best cartoons we should like do a, a right. tournament about this and a discussion right. thing and uh i was talking to shane gill who one of the normal bits guys he runs did you know gaming sure about this years later and 
we were like, oh, we should do this as a show. That'd be fun. And we were really inspired by this, uh, I think it's a Rooster Teeth show called Million Dollars Butt, where they have three people on a, a, a panel. It's not really a panel, a panel, so to speak, right. where all three of them come up with a, uh, you get a million dollars, but you have to live with this. Right. Like, okay. Gotcha. But the per- the way they did the production of that show, like the camera angles, I was like, that's like what I'd want to do with Madness. Interesting. So you you were inspired by the formal qualities of that show, and you're like, yeah. how can we implement that here? That's very yeah. interesting. Um, and just as a, a general note, like out, I want to put out there into the ether, like we we should have been. Let me rephrase that. I should have been more communicative with the normal boots audience as to like, if you go and look at madness, the format's weird. Like the term tournament bracket format is weird. It, it was like the first round was all one V ones. Sure. Then the second round was a, a, is like three. a three for all is what yeah. we called it. <laughs> um, Battle Royale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That we did that because it was not realistic to expect a, that to be two rounds, right? Like, sure. It it was it wouldn't be realistic to film. It would mm-hmm. have added another day to the filming schedule. It probably would have been hard to discuss too to to have like that much more time to discuss about these games. Like, yeah. how many times can you make new points? You know, <laughs> by that final round, we always got like we were running pretty thin on, yeah, yeah. on stuff to talk about. Uh, sure, but like. I and when we had guests, the the guests who were so gracious to give us basically three days of their time, mm-hmm. uh, th- those shoots were all day, <laughs> like right at a, at a minimum, like at a minimum six hours because every episode's like thirty minutes. Every right. episode that we released was like twenty twenty five minutes, and that's because I cut yeah. out like five yeah. minutes of dead air, and, and that doesn't even include all the time in between like recordings. So yep. It's never just start and stop. There's yeah. always something in between. So easily that would be, you know, six, seven hours all right. day shooting. It's exhausting. Definitely. We, we felt like we in good conscience could not ask people to give another day of their time when they're already being so gracious. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and, and, yeah, we. I should have been more communicative with the Norwood's audience about like that weird format. And when people commented and suggested, "Why don't you do the regular formatted?" But hey, that it's hard. I to be fair, honestly, like that's part of the reason I love the show though was because it's so much its own thing. It's act- mm. to the point where I've I've actually like, uh, well, I don't want to say it in this podcast because it's it's not confirmed yet. Uh, but basically, like it's 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 inspiring to me to see something that's so like your original vision that it's like, even if it's not the vision that you originally wanted to have. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I think that's, that's something that's kind of important though, with like leading your own projects is that you have to be okay with your projects evolving into something that you didn't originally see it to be. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes it's easy to get a vision in your head and, and stick to it so much to the point that when you start collaborating with other people and bringing other people in, just things might seem blatantly better to do at some point and you're like i can't change it because this is my vision or whatnot sometimes like the project can just fall apart that way and Mm -hmm. one thing i've always advocated is just it's okay if your project's just not the same from when it started because if it evolves it's evolving for a reason you know yeah absolutely like yeah the 
the realities of a shoot always change how your thing is going to turn out. I think that's true from the smallest YouTube show up to major motion pictures. Like, right. Realities on set will change. Absolutely. Your vision of the project. And you just have to go with that. And that's okay. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, like, because you, you let it evolve or whatnot, I think you got a show that's, that's unlike any other, like on YouTube that I've seen. So, and at the end of the day, you know, the discussions were great, no matter how you form it. So it's like, that's what was great. Um, I had mad respect for Caddy. He was one of my favorite guests. Uh, but yeah, oh, anyway. flew um, in from another continent to be on that show. An- another example of like. Yeah. Like it's, it's very crazy. gracious with their time. Yeah. But that's that's because the show is is so well crafted. You know, it's it's such a fun thing to discuss. It makes you want to do it with your friends. It, wants, mm-hmm. it makes you want to put things on a tournament, you know. So anyway, I, I don't mean to stick on the show forever. I'm just like a big it's all fan. Good. So it's all, I appreciate um, that. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about like some of your, your other projects or whatnot. Um, you've worked with so many different teams on your time, uh, in the industry or whatnot. Like how often do you run into creative differences with other members? You know, like how much has creative differences affected your projects per se or projects that you're working on with other people? Is that apparent a Um, lot or is it kind of not as often? I feel like I've been very lucky, uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was with a group called Arcadia for a while, um, which has now, it, it, it was originally a channel called uh, Eruption, a guy named Austin Eruption running it. Um, and we I had a, actually remember Arcadia. Yeah, we, we had a I couple of creative differences, and that was one of the reasons I, I left that group. Uh, he still makes cool stuff, check him out. Um, but honestly, that that's the only real example I can think of, and even that was like not, you know, it wasn't like we we just had different ideas of what we wanted to do. If you look at his content, it's sure. very like comedic focused and mine was not. And sure, that, that's how it yeah. goes. It, it, it's natural. But honestly, I've been very lucky with like how on the same page I've been. And also when you work freelance, you <laughs> a lot of the time you have to, you know, listen to what other people yeah. say as opposed to yeah. like when I'm editing an episode of game theory or film theory, it's Matt's show. He get he has of the course. final say. Uh, and do you think that background makes it easier to work with people in general because you're used to that? Like, do you think you can find the common ground easier because of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, again, I feel I feel so lucky to have worked on such a variety of different stuff, uh, uh, you know, trivia shows and documentaries sure. and and weird i don't even know what film theory and game theory are classified at, like edutainment i guess that's like, a good way to put it that's a good way um, to put it well they're all so different and you get like a handle on a lot of different voices and mm-hmm. i do feel like that was a huge advantage going in yeah right yeah and like do, do you have any advice for other people who are also trying to like get into the freelancing area, you know, with like, cause it, it's kind of a tough field to, to, to breach if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, like, like you said, you kind of got lucky, but also of course you work very hard at it. Um, but is there any like general mindsets you advocate having or any kind of, uh, tips basically that helps make that process smoother when entering that field? Yeah. Uh, you are not going to find success overnight, obviously. Right. Like 
especially on YouTube and Twitch and all, all that sort of stuff. It takes time to grow. And like, don't take it personally when things fall apart. Like when a, a job falls apart, don't take it personally because a lot of the time it's just like, Oh, I, I can no longer afford to do this or sure. Like I just want to take it in a different direction. Has that happened often for you specifically? Like, is that something that's common in that field is just jobs falling out? Uh, I've only really had one that kind of fell apart. Uh, I, I used to do, I'm, I'm sure if, if you've been on YouTube, you've seen, I think they're, they're called content farms. It's, it's not a very nice way to put it, but like, uh, <laughs> I do think I know what you're talking about. Like, like, like yeah. stuff like, uh, I used to edit for a channel called looper. Um, Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, and those were like fine fluff videos about like, fine's a good way to put it. Yeah. They're yeah. They're, they're, they're fine. They're fine. Like they're, they're they know fine. exactly what they are. It, it's yeah. it, they're kind of listicles without being top tens. They have a place, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, it's they know that most people watch YouTube on the toilet and right, right. <laughs> they just want something on in the background. Want something with the exact time duration it takes them to finish their business and get up. <laughs> Ex- you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that fell apart because they uh, were going in a different direction, and I think they they moved a bunch of people in house instead of farming farming it out um of course which you know makes sense sure no ill will from that like that makes sense yeah has a has a project ever like kind of gotten you down because of things going sour like even if it didn't fully collapse have it has there been any time like you obviously don't have to get into specifics but just where you're working on a project and you're just thinking because of some kind of other means in the project you're thinking like dang like this makes it really hard to work right now because of like the way they're handling this project or something like that. Right. Uh, never with like a channel. No, never like. Sure. Like, like with normal boots in game theory, indigenous gaming and, and even Arcadia, like it has never happened. Um, mm-hmm. I can think of one situation. I was doing a brand deal and I won't say who the brand was. Sure. Uh, I don't even know if that NDA is still in effect. Um, but it was like, such a, a pain in the butt. Like it was a video game company and their creative side, the development team was super into the video, but their legal department was not. <laughs> ah, like, that's unfortunate. And there was just no way to reckon. Oh, there was no way to reconcile what the two sides wanted. Right. So that, that video uh, in its original form, on its original channel, it was supposed to go up on Never Came Out. Okay. Yeah. And was that, like, just a bummer because you spent so much time working on it? Like, th- yeah, is that like, what kind of got you down? From conception to, like, it just actually falling through, that took almost a year. Oh, man. And I was really proud of <laughs> that project. Right. Um. And, yeah, it, it was a bummer, yeah. For sure. It is, yeah. Well, and I think that segues into another thing I kind of wanted to ask, and that's just about like how invested you feel for projects that you don't like orchestrate, you know, because with mm-hmm. doing a lot of freelancing or whatnot, do you feel at different levels of investment, whether it's your own voice that you're portraying or is it just kind of like a job's a job? Yeah, like, yeah. I need uh, to be invested either way. 
when I first started out, I was really invested in everything mm-hmm. I did. Um, which from the outside looking in is admirable. Sure. Uh, but from a realistic life perspective, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's not a healthy way to live and work. Yeah. To be Definitely. super invested in everything you do, even up to like normal boots. I was super invested in normal boots. Um, right. Well, and, and to be fair, you did have your own projects in normal boots, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Did that kind of add to your investment yeah, like, levels? Um, so the shows we had on normal boots were madness. Did you know movies? Uh, worlds within worlds, which tragically did not get enough episodes that just, it was infeasible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the drunk show we did, right? which was born out of necessity of videos more so than anything, uh, <laughs> or necessity out of drinks either way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, on, honestly, the drunk show came around because we had a lot of difficulty scheduling season two of Madness, and we were like, mm, "Well, okay. we're out of videos. We need stuff." Right, right. Like now, we need stuff now. Let, let's film a thing. Um, and I had always really liked the drunk history format, which is very obvious in that in that sure. show. Um, sure. But like. Pretty much everything except Did You Know Movies, which was and is Shane's show. Uh, right. That, that was also a film theory show before it, it jumped over to normal boots. So is it and, is it almost relaxing then when you're working with other people because you almost feel like there's some stress off your shoulders because it is their project? Like when you do yeah. voice work for Did You Know Gaming or uh, Did You Know Movies or whatnot, is that kind of like a, a stress release almost <laughs> because you're like, I just got to read a thing. Well, with the voice work, I always like... I want it to be as high quality as possible. The voice work ah, specifically, okay. only the voice work. Spe- I say only the voice work. Um, with the voice work specifically, I take a lot of pride in that being <laughs> like high quality. Okay, I get what you're trying to say. Just that specific example was like, right? Okay, what, so was what, what, what would that be for? Is that more editing? Then would you yeah, say that's yeah, like the stress like, relief? Because absolutely, uh, the the stress from editing comes from the deadlines. Um, Definitely. But it it's, I don't want to say I'm not invested in it, like, because I want them to be good. People are sure. paying me to, you know, and make their stuff not bad. Definitely. So I want it to be good. But it is nice without, to not have the pressure of, like, my own expectations upon it, if that makes sense. Of course. Um. And that's how it differs from working on your, like, full motion videos projects and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and even with full motion videos, that uh, specifically came about as a like. I I want I want something that is good quality, consistent quality, but not necessarily. I take months and months on a single video, which is something I did right. used to do. Right. Um. Because I want to do one every week, basically. <laughs> so sure. it it it's a format de- developed like to be easy to make. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of creators kind of get stuck in the mindset of um, needing to have something like 100% complete. One Like the most recurring thing I pretty much say in this series is, uh, you know, uh, perfect is good, but finished is better. Yes. And I, like, I was just about to bring expressions. that up. Like, yeah, 
because uh, and I, I think we've been kind of tailing around it a little bit because you were talking about how it's just it's not feasible to be entirely invested in every decision yeah. you make when in the reality like a lot of those small decisions don't really matter so much yeah. right and it doesn't change the content of what you're saying so it's like especially when it comes to post-production specifically i think it's important to not get caught in a snag of like this has to be absolutely perfect because very rarely do those projects ever finish right yep like those mostly get stuck on the back burner. I really do respect when people do that. Like sure. people can make some insanely high quality stuff. Uh, yeah. Satchel Drake's made insanely high quality stuff. I don't know if he's still doing YouTube. Um, I believe he made a, made a sandwich and then put that on a video. <laughs> so he's gone in an awesome new direction. Uh, I'm, I'm all here for the breakfast sandwich him. series. I yeah. absolutely love him. Um, of course there, there's another YouTuber I watched called Ristic Studies. He does a bunch of Magic the Gathering videos and they're super high quality and they come out maybe once a month. Like, Right. High quality you, is... You, you also have people who like take even more than a month though. Like sometimes yeah. like there'll be people who take like half a year or whatnot, yeah. you know. Um, so, but I, I just feel like whenever I get caught in that, it doesn't do a lot of great things for my like creative space. You know, I yeah. feel like creatively it's just so draining to be tied to one project and one voice that you made so long ago and especially with editing specifically when you have to re-listen to yourself think and, and process and they're all thoughts from like several months ago i find that just to be not like super creatively healthy i don't know if you've had absolutely experiences. like like i I'm, I'm trying to think of like what is there another creative field that people work so long on something that and this is going to sound bad, but that honestly gives such so little back. Right. Like YouTube is, is great. It's fantastic. It's an excellent mm -hmm. platform. Um, but like we said, people watch it on the toilet. Like, right. <laughs> I have YouTube on in the background while I'm cooking. Like, it, yeah, the, the audience investment level is not nearly the same as to people who go to see movies and cinemas yeah, yeah. or people who go to galleries to see paintings and whatnot. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying don't put that sort of work into a creative project you're passionate about. YouTube sure. is a platform. It's not, you know, a it's, genre. A, it's an outlet of creative expression, you know? Yeah, so exactly. it's, you want to put work towards your creative expression. Um, just for me. And I, this is what I would recommend to people. The healthiest creative way to view YouTube is like, um, to, to not have that huge investment in a single project view. Right. Oh, okay. Here, here's a good example. Um, there's an excellent, excellent uh, 3D artist, and his name is Beeple, B-E-E-P-L-E. -E. Uh, his Instagram is Beeple Crap. Um, seems to be, you know, put, putting irony in, like, an artist's name seems to be a yeah. common trend, you know? Uh, his whole shtick is he does one 3D render every day, and he's been doing that for almost 10 years. Wow. And he, his stuff is insanely high quality cause just because he's gotten so good at it. Uh, it's also mm -hmm. not safe for work for people. Some of it's not safe for work. Like, uh, that is a good thing to mention. <laughs> uh, some of it's not safe for work. Like he had a very politically outspoken and had some not nice things to say about the current president of the United States through sure. image form. Um, Visual but, aid. Yeah. But he, I, I heard him talk about it, about that project, and he views the whole thing as the project not interest the single you know right daily picture yeah because the the daily stuff he does is like 
I can't invest more than an hour or 45 minutes into this because yeah. it's a thing I'm doing today and I have to yeah. do it again tomorrow. The whole thing is the project, not the single piece. That's such a fascinating way to look at it. Like to have multiple releases and think this is all going towards one bigger goal. And that's what I'm putting my work towards. It's not necessarily, <laughs> I'm not losing sleep over these like daily things. I guess that's one of the positives just about deadlines. I mean, obviously there's a lot of positives about deadlines, but when you kind of put yourself when you when you put yourself on a timer and have to get things done but you're still working towards that overall goal that feels like a way where you can kind of stay motivated while still feeling like you're working on your magnum opus in a sense right yeah yeah uh and i think that's the way to view youtube at least the way i make youtube videos now which is the right. one a week you know and w would you say you're enjoying that more than um kind of your past projects because you did also have um some personal a personal channel before this right yeah. where you were kind of working on different things yeah I, I had video essays videos. yeah right <laughs> i i had i had i'm sorry yeah finish your question for your well i was just gonna say like has it has it been less stressful working on this new channel like do you feel like your mindset's now helping you a little bit more with like a less stress approach to it yeah like uh with that personal channel you were mentioning I made like video essays where I spent a lot of time on the writing and the editing and, and I maybe got like four videos a year. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Um, and that ended up being way more stressful than the one a week. I'm just talking about uh, the Easter eggs in this zone in world of Warcraft that I could find. I'm talking For about sure. this Witcher short story. I'm talking about, uh, what do I have here? Uh, yeah, yeah. I you're, you're plugging your channel inside hey, the webcam. That's great. Hey, no, I should not, do that. I, I won't. <laughs> I won't turn the webcam towards it. But um, it, it I, it's it's much more creative, creatively satisfying to talk about the thing. Yeah. Finish it up. Move on. Definitely. And like now, and it's it, out of my brain. It gives more opportunities to to talk about like smaller things. You know, it, it can be, be easy to think like I have to make such a big picture video about this uh, this broader image or this broader topic or whatnot. But when you do put yourself on a deadline and make things at a much quicker pace, but kind of smaller projects, you're able to appreciate things like tiny Easter eggs inside World mm -hmm. of Warcraft or something, you know, and those things deserve appreciation, too. Right. Yeah. Like it's important to appreciate the little things and having that kind of format really helps yeah. that. So like. uh Full motion videos came about because I, like I mentioned earlier, I was watching stuff while I was cooking or whatever. Sure. And a lot of it was like, not low effort. I, I never want to say something on YouTube is low effort, but like. Sure. Not super high effort stuff talking <laughs> about. Right. Here's this cool stories, like obscure Star Wars expanded yeah. universe story that no one has talked about. Oh, this is interesting. I want to listen to this. And mm. then I figured well, I could do that. Mm hmm. Like, I I love that sort of stuff. I love the Easter eggs. I love yeah. weird, obscure stories from major franchises. Sure. I mean, and yeah. if you're if you're watching it, like, even if you're thinking like, oh man, this this could have they could have tweaked this, they could have added more to this or something. But the fact that you're watching it says something, right? Like, yeah. it still means like, oh, there's actually value for this or whatnot. Yeah, there's value for Looper. You know, it's might not be the have the same audience you know it might yeah. not be pertaining to you but like it has value right I, I hope i'm not coming off as like bashing channels like looper like they have their place no, they know I what don't they're think doing you are yeah like yeah um and the people who ran looper knew exactly what it was like sure it's the same thing with like watch mojo right like it's yeah. easy to to use watch mojo as like a punching bag but honestly like 
people watch it. You know, there's there's a need for that kind of content, and that's all art is, right? Is filling up voids of, yeah. of people who want something. You know, uh, it, it it's it's the listicle articles that like BuzzFeed makes makes, right? Like, yeah. I don't personally like those, but there's a place for them, and people enjoy them, sure. and they're they're like, they're fun. There's no reason for them not to exist, right? Yeah, I don't know how we got onto this topic, but. It's it, honestly, they go, I write down a bunch of questions in preparation for this. I very rarely even look at the document because I just like to let yeah. the conversation go. So it goes, you know, um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, we were talking about, you know, like the more minuscule format or whatnot. Basically, it's 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 important to not just get caught up in like the minute yeah. details about certain things. And you might find that uh, working on a bunch of different things just opens up your levels of appreciation yeah. more than you um, ever thought, you know, I, I, I just remembered something I was going to say, like having all these smaller projects has kind of rekindled my like ideas for bigger projects. I have a, I mentioned this on Twitter a, a while back with, I, I don't ever use Twitter anymore, by the way, as you if, shouldn't, as if, you shouldn't, <laughs> if you're have if you're a creative and having trouble with like mental health stuff, just get off Twitter. It, <laughs> yeah. At the very least turn notifications off, man. Yeah, that's, absolutely. that's the, that's the killer. You know, you get that notification and you're just like dopamine. Let me yeah, check yeah. real quick. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's very unhealthy. But I, I had like, this was born out of conversations I've had with other writer friends where we're like, man, I was really disappointed with how, example, the Star Wars sequels turned out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a good framework for those movies there, but I would have like tweaked this or like nudged yeah. that in a different direction. And now I'm I'm working on like, working on, I've only started two of them. But I'm working on seven or eight like rewrites, rewriting structures, rewritings of of stories like that, which are going to be massive, probably three hour long videos. Right. Um, But I have the creative drive to do it because like I finish a thing every week. Yeah, that feels good. And I'm not like tied down to this three hour. Yeah. Video that's going to take. There's definitely a lot of dread from like artists when they feel like they can't produce something like yeah. it, it really starts to hang over people or whatnot. Yeah. I, you know, going into this, me and like so many other people, when you see like these channels, like, you know, uh, PBG and the completionists and stuff, and you see these like, uh, really well-crafted game reviews, you can't help but think like, Oh, I want to do that too. I know how to do it. I'm going to do it. And when I first entered YouTube, I was kind of going in with trying to create things like that as well. And nothing against that kind of format. But what I realized at some point is just, I'm not able to produce those at a pace fast enough to where it's gratifying to me. Mm-hmm. I find this kind of more podcast format format lets me kind of appreciate the moment and the dialogue more than being stuck with my own voice for so long inside of a a, a, a weird yeah. cloud of project that a- I don't even absolutely. know what that, the thing's going to look like. And like with a lot of those those guys, you also have to remember like Gerard and Austin and and. Uh, even to a lesser, not a lesser extent, they still start at the same time. Like John Tron and mm-hmm. uh, all the old old school animators, they started YouTube at a time where you could take months on something and right. YouTube wouldn't punish you for it. Yeah. They got in at, a, a, like the luck we were talking about, they got in at a lucky time where that for format sure. worked and they were yeah. able to grow to a point where like none of those guys do that by themselves anymore. Right. They all have people helping write and shoot and edit. Absolutely. Um, and and as, as they should, because it's turned into like, it, it's still a creative passion of theirs, but it's also their jobs, right? 
Yeah, and the job requires them to do it quicker. You know, it's exactly like YouTube requires like at a minimum like two uploads a month, which just would have been impossible for. uh, I I don't want to you know say definitively anybody, but right would have been impossible for a lot of creatives ten years ago. Definitely. And I, I think that just goes back to what we were saying just about like letting your projects evolve. You know, if you see something like that and you think like, I want to do that, but those people have teams or whatnot. If you're watching uh, things made by teams and you think I want to do that myself, it's okay to let your project change. You know, it's, yeah. it's okay to like let your vision shift a little bit and make something that's more uh, pertaining to what you're actually capable of yeah. and whatnot. Because there, there is no shame adapting an idea, a big idea into a small idea. Absolutely. Because if that small idea catches on, you can let it grow. Right. Mm -hmm. And let it become this big, great thing. Maybe you'll have your own team one day. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like the, the, like the using the glass example, because it's like, you can either picture like a really tall full glass of liquid or whatnot. But if you start off, if you try to try to fill that cup, you know, you're going to need a lot of water before that thing fills. But if you grab a cup small enough, if you start, with a smaller foundation or whatnot, you could then pour the water in. And if it ever starts overflowing, just put it in the bigger cup. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. I'm really a, weird with. That's a great analogy. No, that's a great analogy. And, <laughs> yeah, and like, sorry, yeah, continue. The, that smaller glass is just as useful as the bigger glass. And mm-hmm. the bigger the glass gets, the heavier it gets and the more it's going to take more people to lift it up. Right. Yeah. And the yeah. heavier it is, the harder it is to put on your head and wear your <laughs> mindset down. See, oh. I'm great at it yeah but that's real though like it It is (laughs) it gets heavy speaking of mindsets i'd kind of like to transition now because i i would like to ask this question before we wrap up um because i ask everybody everybody who's watching knows this but uh with everything going on in 2020 or whatnot how would you say your creative mindset has been affected has it been like almost like you kind of have to work on things because of everything going on if you felt in a creative drought what's the process for you yeah like this is a great question by the way and i'm interested to see what other people said uh Mm -hmm. for me like honestly i i didn't really see a huge change in my life (laughs) sure um before this i i went to the gym four or five times a week which is no longer a thing um yeah and i I just started my gym schedule i was so frustrated yeah, I, uh, I, I've gained a lot of weight because of this quarantine. That, But the, anyway, um, and that was like pretty much the only time I ever went out. Um, mm. I, I also had like some personal life changes happen at the end of 2019. Uh, so like I, I was not in a super great place to begin with. Sure. And I COVID kind of didn't really like... <laughs> change my personal obviously it's affected like it's horrible that so many people have been infected and had life-changing issues because of it or have unfortunately passed away that's awful um i've been very fortunate my personal family has not been affected thankfully right um and you're it's looking like your work has not been affected a ton yeah yeah like uh, to get back to what you were asking yeah like i i honestly feel like it's it's been a creative boon um because a lot of the feelings of frustration i've gotten out into like other creative work i'm doing like uh writing and, right. and and that sort of stuff 
uh, YouTube has kind of become uh, a, a brick, <laughs> a, a stone, <laughs> a rock I can kind of latch onto in the turbulent time. Um, of course. So it, honestly, it's been, creatively, it's been a pretty good year for me. For sure. Yeah, and uh, uh, like, you know, we're we're fortunate in that sense. Like, I guess creators or people who, you know, work at home, you know, the, the transition was definitely a little bit easier for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you were mentioning, you know, just the idea of what other people are going through definitely daunts on us also. Do you find that you go more, you've been going more into like escapism with regards to maybe watching more YouTube videos than usual or catching up on more shows? Like, absolutely. Have you been indulging in more? Okay. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh not to bring politics and in, into stuff but sure er, early on uh my candidate did not win a primary mm. and after that i was like okay i'm checking out <laughs> and then unfortunately events in the united states happened where it was no longer ignored so i had to i it, it could no longer be ignored so i had to be invested and yeah escapism became very important during that stressful time. And, and again, this is not to say like, I'm very lucky in my position to not have to deal with a lot of the, the problems, a lot of uh, less privileged people do. It's absolutely okay to also just feel down about other events, you know, things that don't pertain to you. Um, but yeah, that got way off topic. I'm sorry, but yeah, absolutely. I, I it's all, it's, that's, that's how the podcast goes. You know, we just, uh, we start somewhere and we end somewhere else. It's totally fine. And, but, uh, have you found that like, is it, do you think watching all this other like content being made and, and indulging on all this like art form for art for lack of a better word, uh, uh, have you found that's been like what's inspiring you to create or do you think it's purely out of just like, what else am I supposed um, to do? I think. Yes. To answer your question, yes, it, it has okay. really inspired me. But I, I think uh, the quarantine really got me to watch a lot of content I normally wouldn't have. I've really gotten into uh, Interesting. a lot of booktube, I think is what they call it. Uh, also because I, I, I want to start writing fiction more. Of course. I've gotten into a lot of booktube. I've gotten into a lot of uh, like VFX YouTubers, like uh, the Corridor Crew. They're amazing corridor digital. Interesting. Okay. Um, but that's how I talking about people earlier. That's how I found people was mm. through their stuff. Uh, so un, it's kind of ex- broadened my like consumption creative horizons, yeah, creative horizons and consumption of, of media into stuff I normally wouldn't have ever watched. Like, uh, yeah. And it's really helpful to see how different people work on the different levels of stuff like corridor digital puts way more work into their videos than like, uh, a booktuber I like, his name is Daniel green. He yeah. does like five videos a week and it's him in front yeah. of his camera talking about a book he read or, or reviewing that stuff or going over yeah. like he's a fantasy news aggregation. And both of those things are equally valid and for sure necessary. And, and it's great. It's been great to see that. And right. Like, and like some people are, are better at different formats, right? Like, you know, um, there's like free form discussion and then there's also like writing things down and then, and then voicing it and then editing and, and uploading or whatnot. I, what I've noticed after talking to a lot of different creators is that some people are just better at articulating themselves on pen and paper while some people mm-hmm. just put a microphone in front of them and they feel like they can better get their thoughts out just in a one and done yeah. kind of situation. Do you find that you favor either one of those? Absolutely. 
and and what you just described is 100 percent a real thing i know people mm-hmm. who uh i don't want to name names again i don't want to like call anybody out i don't even think this would be a call out but like some people I, who are better in front of a microphone than they yeah, are typing absolutely I, I i had a friend uh who tried so hard at the like youtube gaming video production because he had so many amazing ideas and he's super articulate and ton of great ideas and and very outspoken and thinks about like that stuff and he just did not like the writing part of it but if you just have him sit down and talk he can talk about games and just spout incredibly like insightful thoughts and and, right and that sort of stuff where Someone like me, I feel like I'm stumbling over my words in this podcast, like going all over. I was talking about Bernie Sanders earlier. Like, what's going on? Like, what does that but have to do with anything? If you were to write a poem, yeah. if you were to write a poem, you'd be perfectly articulate. Yeah, yeah because I, I spend so much time thinking about like, oh, I like this word choice better than that word choice. Sure. I like, sure. uh, is this something I really want to say or would I say it a different way? Yeah. Like, yeah. So and has I, it always been that way or do you think you've uh, had to like, you kind of crafted that skill set just by necessity. Like, do you find at one point you might have been better just in front of a microphone as opposed to writing it down? But or, uh, no, I think I've always been like that. Pretty much always. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Because I I had a bit of a flip. I I started off much better on pen and paper or whatnot. I felt like I couldn't even hold up a conversation. Not even just about interesting topics, but like in in socially, like I felt like I had a lot of trouble just holding up a conversation. Um, and writing stuff is where I could really get my thoughts out there. Nowadays, it's kind of flipped. I do all these podcasts and I find that just I can get my message through a lot easier and effectively through talking into a microphone in this style. While if I were to write things down, I'd get so lost in like the, no, it has to be put this way. Like, Mm -hmm. how's the formatting or whatnot? And that all just ends up distracting from my actual message. So I just kind of had that change at some point. And I think it's interesting that creators just all operate differently, you know? Um, Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. And like, I I also have a friend who's a, an, an expert painter or whatnot he he's such a uh, a good paint really good at painting basically and uh ceramics also and he uh built up you know any time he's kind of in like a more microphone situation he has a hard time articulating exactly what he's thinking but then you just see one of his paintings and you're like this is how he communicates this mm-hmm. is like he's able to to say so much more than i can with just a microphone by painting onto like a, a canvas or whatnot. And I just always find that interesting, just seeing different ways artists can, cause that's what yeah. art is, right? It's communication and it's yeah. just cool seeing people's different methods of doing so and their different skill sets. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. some people have amazing messages they get through, through their film. And some people have amazing messages they get through public speaking and mm-hmm. yeah, it, I agree. It's fascinating. And it's okay to embrace your strengths. You know, if you are having a hard time, like writing out a script, but you think you can do better in a microphone, or if you're having a hard time on the microphone, you think you do better on a script, try switching it up. You know, Uh, like you were mentioning your friend earlier who wants to make the the high quality things, but like is having trouble on scripting, you know, maybe, maybe it'd be beneficial if you started a podcast or something just to, because even if you still work on that stuff in the back burner, it's important to have some method of getting your voice out there, right? Whatever you can effectively do that with. Yeah. They like, that 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 friend like ended up like not giving up but like realizing that the the youtube video essay format was not his forte and he did move on into other stuff and really found his voice and 
hit his stride with with stuff like podcasts so right yeah right but that said it's always good to also experiment with the other side you know yeah. if you can really if you can get to a point where you're good at both hey more power to you you know yeah, and abs- practice makes perfect. if you have both skills that's amazing like yeah embrace that for sure definitely definitely well um as sad as it is for me to say we actually are going to have to start wrapping this up um uh thank you so much for joining um if you would like, you can kind of explain where people can find you and find yeah. your work or whatnot. Keep in mind that the the data which this comes out is in a nebula, so yeah, yeah. maybe not too timely. But <laughs> uh, I don't even I don't even I have to. a vague schedule of stuff coming. Out. I don't I don't even really know though. Um, gotcha. Uh, my main project right now is youtubecom slash videos. It's exactly how it sounds. Um, that's a. a a channel all about lore and storytelling and secrets and Easter eggs in games and movies and all sorts of stuff. I'm still kind of finding what exactly I want that channel to be, but I I have a lot of hopes for it. Uh, That's the main place you'll find me online. You can follow me on Twitter at forest first F O R R E S T F U R S T. I'm barely ever on there anymore. A healthy (laughs) amount of tweets being sent. (laughs) Yeah. Like like two a month. Something right. like that. Honestly, anymore and you're going crazy. It's it's bad. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's bad. You can follow me there uh, if you want. A- I, I have the same Instagram URL also very spar- sparingly used, but mm-hmm. yeah. As you all should, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had um, I had the social media addiction for the longest time. It's much better without it. So. I still have it, but at least I can acknowledge that I have it and I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to work it. I limited myself one, like no more than one tweet a day, you know, there like, you go. I don't, whatever I'm saying doesn't need to be said like twice in one day. So, but anyway, that could honestly warrant its own, its own yeah. podcast is just talking about <laughs> yeah. how social network has affected people creatively. Yeah. But uh, in fact, thank, maybe thank I'll make you for that having me on, by the way, I, I really yeah. appreciate that. Uh, this has been great. You were right. We totally ran through this hour without. I know. I knew it was going to happen too, because like, um, I, I honestly, I always give people the choice of the thirty minute in the inter, in the invite or whatnot, and that's no one ever accepts it. I'm like, okay, good, because that that'd be hard to condense or whatnot. Um, but also, um, as I mentioned earlier, like you were uh, one of two people that I thought would make like the best guests for this podcast. So I'm very thankful for you joining. Um, also, the other person, uh, spoiler to those who made it to the end of the episode, but. Uh, the other person is Luke Sizemore, who has just graciously agreed to join. So, dude, heck yeah, be, be excited for that. Um, Luke's great. So now I I could just yeah. stop the podcast. I got the two people <laughs> I wanted most. You know, um, uh, Luke's great. He'll have a ton of insightful. Like I, I look um, forward like, to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but of course, you've been great as well. I very much appreciate very much. having you on. Um, and I appreciate all you guys for watching and uh, supporting me here on Patreon. Uh, if you want to catch any of these uh, topics in a more condensed form, they will, of course will be uploading clips over on my YouTube channel, and you can always find them there if you wish. And of course, uh, there'll be another podcast coming soon, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and yeah, so thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. So long.